0: Welcome to Two Rivers Leadership Podcast, a conversation about leading as a team because a great team is always better than great talent. Hey everybody, I wanna welcome you to the Two Rivers Leadership Podcast. My name is Will Hampton. I'm the lead pastor at Two Rivers Church. We are excited about you being a part of what's happening here. We are now on episode six. This episode, we're going to be talking about the leadership culture entitled Leaders Are Servants With Ownership. The idea behind these cultural values for leaders is that culture always trumps vision. There's a gap between vision and culture, and where that gap exists is where the frustration and the ineffectiveness that we'll experience in our, cult, in, our, in our mission. So what we've got to do is we've got to look at how we act, how we function, how we behave, and make sure that those things line up with the vision. And when when we do that, we're going to see that we're way more effective. But if we don't do anything to ever change how we behave, we're never going to see the vision come to pass. And we have a huge vision that we're going to do together as a team, that if we, everybody together buys into these ways of behaving as leaders, then we're going to see so much more impact. This idea of synergy. I don't think I've talked about this before but but the idea that like the great example of synergy comes from this horse a horse by itself there's a certain amount of weight that it can pull maybe it can pull 2000 pounds and then you then you have another horse that horse that can pull 2000 pounds now what happens when those individual horses come together to pull a load how much do you think they're able to pull. Now, math should say, well, if the one could pull 2,000 pounds and the other one could t- pull 2,000 pounds, why, then they'll be able to pull 4,000 pounds together. But what we discover is when both horses start working together, there is an increase, there's a multiplication in their effectiveness in that, that those horses then can pull 10,000 pounds. They're five times more effective when they're pulling together than they are when they're pulling by themselves. And that's why we believe that leading together as a team is always better than having individual talent, having people functioning, just doing their own thing in their own way. That if we can get everybody functioning together, buying into these cultural values as leaders, then we're going to be so much more effective. We're going to be so much more productive. And so this week's value, it's our fourth value, is that leaders are servants with ownership. If you read in the Bible, John chapter 10, you discover this idea of a life-giving church. This, this, This chapter talks about the good shepherd has come that you might have life in life more abundantly. You see, there's the enemy of our soul that came to kill, steal, and destroy, but the good shepherd came to give us life. And and then in that chapter, it begins to talk about what is the good shepherd, how the good shepherd functions. As you read down in John chapter 10, we want to be a life-giving church but if we're going to be a life-giving church, then as leaders, we have to be like the good shepherd. And in the good shepherd in John chapter 10 is compared to hired hands. So the comparison is when the, when the hired hands are working in the field and the wolf comes, when this predator shows up, when things get tough, the hired hand bolts and they take off but the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Leaders are servants with ownership. And what that means, and the way we look at that here in the church is this big shift, especially maybe for this millennial generation that like I, I kind of watch Bible college students they come out of Bible college and say, oh, I need to get paid now. I, I, somebody owes me something to be in ministry. Like I'm, I'm, I've got my degree. I've got all this knowledge. I've got all this information. And it's, it actually is this rampant culture within the church of how we hire staff members. Like we, in the church world, we hire people from outside to come in to the church and then they show up and they're there for like a year and then they discover, wow, I don't like it here. This thing this place here is rough. There's difficulties. Things aren't the way I thought they were going to be. And what happens is just like what we read in the Bible, that the hired hand when things get rough, they bolt. They're out of here. So one of my dreams for the church is that we would raise up our leaders in-house, but we would raise up servant leaders. We would raise up servants with ownership. So the difference between the hired hand and the good shepherd was that the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. There is this biblical cultural value that you and I have to embrace. And it's this idea that I have to die, that my dreams and my aspirations and my desire for comfort and my desire for things to kind of just like grow really fast. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to walk in and everything that I touch is going to turn to gold. And then when you walk in and everything you touch didn't turn to gold, what do you do now? And I believe that if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to lead together as a team, if we're going to function, we have to have this common perception that we all have to sacrifice together we all have to lay our lives down together there this this idea that servant owners have responsibilities is in great conflict with the idea like a of a title driven leader like like uh, here's what a title driven leader is somebody who they want a title so they can exercise their authority over other people like, like, well, when you give me the title, now I'm the leader because I have authority over you. That's really what Jesus says is the way that the Gentiles do what they do. It's not the right way of leading. It's not how we're supposed to lead. It's this, this, I've got authority. Now you got to do what I tell you to do. And it's a, t- so a title driven leader believes they have rights You have to do what I tell you to do because I'm your leader. And that is so different than a servant owner. A servant owner has responsibilities. There's a huge shift in how we think about how we function as a leadership team because nobody has to follow you in a volunteer environment. Just because I give you a title, just because somebody has said, hey, you're now the leader over this group, or you're now the leader over this team, or maybe even you're given a title of pastor, you can take that title. It's about as worthless as, I don't have a good analogy for what that's worthless to, but well, I'll just tell you, in a volunteer-driven environment, it's not worth a thing because people have to follow you. They have to be willing to do what you're doing. And if you're not willing to lay down, if, you're, if you walk in and say, everybody better do what I tell them to do, your team's going to disappear. Your people that are supposed to be in your group are going to disappear. But if you walk in and they get the sense that you have been willing to sacrifice for them, that you're willing to lay down your life for them, that when the going gets rough for them and you're there and you're part of their life and you're serving them and you're functioning with them, then they start to say, you know what? This is a life-giving place. So in order to be life-giving, we have to be willing to die. We, We can't be title-driven leaders. We have to be servant owners. We can't have this idea that when the going gets tough, we're just going to split. And that's a huge ask. It's a huge ask to say to you, hey, would you be willing to come and die? Because that's the only way it's going to work here in Binghamton. It's the only way it's going to work here in the Northeast. You're going to come to the Northeast and you're going to serve in the Northeast. It's You're not going to have the sexy lights, The big, like you come to Binghamton, like people come to Binghamton and they're like, what is this city? Like, it's kind of falling down. Like, like people talk about like people in our city are talking about like, like, well, this city is terrible. And like people are starting campaigns to be like, no, it's not a terrible city. And people have to like talk up Binghamton because, because in all reality, there's, there's nothing Hollywood about Binghamton. There's nothing Hollywood about a lot of the Northeast. There, there's, there's not these huge, dynamic, exploding ministries that are taking place. So, so if we're just chasing fame, if we're chasing like I, everything I touch gonna explode, if we're chasing uh, our name going up on the marquee, guess what? You're not going to stick around very long in this neighborhood. People aren't going to stick around to sacrifice and grind and do what has to be done when we're not servant owners. It, it, there's a this this idea that the hired hand has to come and let, like like things start getting off the rails, and I, I'm not being personally fulfilled. Like it's dangerous for me here. Things aren't working out the way that I thought they would work out. I thought I signed up to be a shepherd and and there was going to be summer days and I was going to be lazy next to the stream. And and then it doesn't pan out like that. We discover very quickly if you're a servant owner or if you are a title-driven, entitled leader. And so, so servants... Leaders are servants with ownership. Another way that I think about that is that we all win together and we all lose together. The church that I used to serve at uh, was the culture was really kind of a program-driven culture. And so when you have a church that's sort of program-driven, you have these different silos. There's the children's ministry, the youth ministry, the, the Sunday school department, the uh, discipleship department. You have you have all of these different sort of uh, silos that are competing for resources, competing for time, competing for volunteers. And uh, so, if there's time to do an event, we say, well, that's a kids event, or that's a youth ministry event, or or that's a uh, adult discipleship event, and. What happened was uh, the adult discipleship thing had to function by itself. And the kids' ministry thing kind of had to function by itself. And the youth ministry thing had to function by itself. And what you had developing was instead of this idea that we all win together and we all lose together, was, well, that's your department. I can't help you with that. That's your thing. I'm doing my thing and anytime your thing is in conflict with my thing, then it's not going to function. And so what you had was it created this culture in the church where instead of everybody being on a team together, we had these silos where in my silo, I am looking out for me and my department. And over here in this other silo, they're looking out for them and their department. It's a big difference between servant ownership because a servant says, you know what? I'm looking out for God's department. I'm looking out for the kingdom to grow. And I might not get any glory, honor, or recognition. I might not get any, it it, it might even be a sacrifice of my time and my talent and my treasure. But I'm gonna be a part of this thing, no matter if it's my title or my department, we're going to make this thing succeed because when the adult ministries department wins, I win. When, when the youth ministry wins, I win. When the kids ministry wins, I win because we have one goal. We have one destination. We have one purpose. We exist to see the world transform by leading people to Jesus. And when we have different departments or different ministries that are functioning, if we all work together, my mom used to love to say, many hands make light work. When we all work together, it gets easier. The sacrifice becomes less, but it has to take that somebody steps across the line from I'm busy about my thing to saying, you know what, I'm going to be busy about your thing too. And then when everybody begins to function in that way, we begin to function together. Servant ownership is the absolute core necessity of any team of, of moving away from, I need to be the one who gets the glory and the honor to, I don't care who gets the glory and the honor. I will do the little things. I'm going to do the things that nobody sees. I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to take care of my responsibilities so that the job can get done. How much more healthy is it when a church is full of servant owners? People who don't look around and say, well, somebody else will do the work. Somebody else will get the job done. Servant owners say, whatever the job is, we're going to work to get that job done. There's a big difference between uh, the employee at Subway and the owner at Subway. The employee at Subway is standing there, not really concerned whether or not you're getting the best sandwich maybe they are maybe they aren't maybe they're not too concerned as to whether or not the tables have any food on them or the the bathrooms are dirty but i guarantee you when the owner walks in that owner is looking around the room and he's saying hey i want these tables cleaned and and if there's no one else to clean them, I'm going to clean them right now. And if there's stuff on the floor, we're going to get that floor cleaned up. And if there's stuff in the bathroom, we're going to get the bathroom cleaned up because this place got to be right. And, and owners have responsibilities, but, but the title-driven employee has a right. You, you, you know it's my break time. It's time for me to go on break. And that Our country mandates when my break is. You can't tell me what to do. It's just so, such a backwards mentality. And Jesus didn't ask us to come and execute our rights. He said to come and die. And if we are willing to be servants with ownerships, when we're willing to eliminate the silos in our department, when we're willing to serve at all times, when we are seeing the need and fulfilling the need, we understand that if one team is struggling, that all teams are struggling. When we understand that it's not me who gets the glory, but Jesus that gets the glory. When we're willing to sacrifice, then we can be a church that is uniquely suited to walk into an environment like Binghamton, New York, where no one is gonna get specific glory and honor, where we can go into Hancock, New York, where we can go into Windsor, New York, when we can go into Whitney Point, and we can go into Marathon. We can go to places that we can't get people to go to, and we will thrive where everyone else dies. We're gonna bloom where we're planted. We're gonna be stronger and more effective and more capable because we don't need to be pampered. We don't need to have people serve us, but we go to serve others. We lay our lives down so that others can know him. We have adopted a mentality that says, I'm ready to go. Jesus, you point me in the direction and I'm ready to lay my life down that'll never happen if we're title-driven. If we're looking for other people to reward us, if we're looking for other people to say how and pat us on the back and say how great a job you did, if we're looking for others to, to take the responsibility and bear, somebody else will go out there, somebody else will do that other thing, but not us at Two Rivers. We're going to be the kind of people that say, I'm going to lay down my life because we live in the most unchurched region in America. We're going to be the kind of leaders that walk into places that other people have failed at over and over and over again, because we're not interested in our name going up in lights. We're interested that people discover the great shepherd, the good shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep, that the life we've experienced It is worth laying down my life so that someone else can experience that life too. And that keeps us in a place of humility. It keeps us engaged in the mission and it keeps us hustling. It inoculates us from having this heart that demands somebody give me something. A heart that demands a greater platform. A heart that says, I'm gonna elevate myself In fact, the word says it this way. If you would decrease, Jesus would increase. When you become less, he'll become more. But when you are willing to lay down your rights, God will increase your platform. God will increase your influence. God will increase all of those things because it's not you that he's promoting. It's Jesus. And so that's what we've got to do. We're never going to take over. We're never going to be able to be a movement that multiplies and thrives in difficult places until we have a movement full of leaders who are servant owners. So let me me end with this challenge for you. What parts of your life do you feel like you're not being recognized? What parts of your life do you feel like that other people need to give you more recognition? I think that that that's a challenging question for any leader because it exposes whether or not we're leading from the right motivations. Have I died to my desire for success, my desire for worldly gain? This process of continually self-assessing is something that we're going to have to do over and over and over again as we walk in this journey of following Jesus, the idea of being a servant owner is not something that we just achieve in a one-time decision. We have to continually ask these types of questions and then answer them by saying, I will be a servant owner. I will die. I will lay down my life for the sheep. I'm going to follow the good shepherd. And when we do that, then we achieve life more abundantly. The great lies that if you lay down your life, that God doesn't give you life more abundant, but the, in this very chapter, John chapter 10, the answer to that is that when, when we follow the good shepherd, he gives us life in life more abundantly. You're not giving up worldly recognition. You're not giving up those things to have a worse life. You're giving them up so that you can discover a more abundant life, and not only will you discover that life, but everyone else will as well. Ultimately, the greatest success is obedience. You do not get a crown when we get to heaven for how many people you led to Christ. What Jesus will say is not that you did all, all of these great things. He will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are leaders with servant ownership. God bless you. Look forward to doing this journey together. We're going to lead as a team because great teams are always better than great talent. Hey, Sue, I'm so glad that you tuned in and listen to this podcast if you have any questions or any comments i would love to hear from you and get any feedback that you might have or or uh, comments that you might add to this discussion you could email pastor at Two 2riversAssembly.com. that's tworiversassembly.com and and just share with me what your thoughts are Maybe something that I talked about that you you might be confused by or something that you want some clarification or maybe you, you want to challenge some of the ideas that we've presented and I'd love to be able to kind of sit down with you and talk through those things and, and hear what this impact is making in your life. God bless you. Have a great week.